Welcome to Pass Your Life and Health Insurance Exam Podcast. I'm your host and instructor, Biko. Hey, I'm excited to have you back here today. So I hope you guys are learning something from the podcast so far. Um, if you like this podcast, if you think it's helping you to prepare for your exam, then I kindly ask that you please um, like, comment, um, follow, uh, better yet, leave a feedback. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, on um, on Spotify, on Audible, you can write a review, right? But by you writing that review or you following us, you're liking us um, or share, right? It's going to help to reach more people. So um, if you could please do me that favor, I will really appreciate it. So um, let's get started. Uh, well, I just want to wish everybody a happy Memorial Day weekend. Um, yeah, so this is the beginning of the summer. And let's hope that you pass your license exam this summer. Okay, so we're going to talk about general insurance concepts today. And the general insurance concepts we'll talk about is risks, right? We're going to cover key terms um, under risk management. Um, and we're also going to talk about the different methods of handling risk. Now, on your exam, general insurance is usually the um, no, it's, it's usually the easiest part of your exam. So on a scale of um, 1 to 10, as far as level of difficulty, with 10 being the most difficult, I would say general insurance would be like a 1 or 2. All right? So general insurance is very easy. This is the, ex uh, the part of the exam where you want to, if possible, even get 100% on, um, on this part of the exam. Because if you can score uh, at least a 90% or uh, between 90 to 100, then when you get to the more difficult topics like um, um, taxes, uh, social security, you know, policy, riders, options, and provisions, those topics tend to be a little more difficult, well, now a little more, a lot more difficult. So even if you score like a 60 or 50% uh, on those topics, you can still be able to pass your exam if you rack up most of your points in this easy, uh, no, um, on this uh, easy part of the exam, like general insurance. I mean, there is no reason you should score less than 90% on the general insurance part of your exam. So one of the things that I guarantee you will be on your exam for general insurance will be risk management, right? Uh, so let's, so let's, let's talk a little bit about risks, right? Hey, life as a whole is risks. Now, uh, uh, life as a whole is risks, right? I mean, risks is around us every single day. Just the fact that we are alive is a risk, right? So, but as usual, before we begin, I'd like to go over some questions. Now, these questions will not be 
multiple choice. And I said it in a previous episode. I'm going to repeat it. Uh, I know some of you are thinking, but hold up. Our exam will be all multiple choice. Why are you asking fill in the blank or why are you asking essay questions? Well, the answer is simple. I always like to make the practice more difficult than the actual exam. So if you can answer these questions, the, the short answer or fill in the blank or essays, if you can answer them in your own words, but you answer them correctly, then your chance of answering uh, them when they appear in multiple choice format is almost 100%. Because if you can answer a fill in the blank question or you can answer an, uh, an essay question correctly, that tells me that you really understand the material, right? So that is why these questions are all uh, short answers or fill in the blank, okay? There are no multiple choice. Now, what I want you to do as I ask these questions, trust me, you're going to be doing yourself a lot of favor. Take a pen and paper, um, or if you're on your computer, that's fine. Take your computer and write the answers down. Don't just think about it, but actually write the answers down because that's a way to test yourself to see whether you know it or not. Don't just go uh, and say, oh, yes, I know that. Yes, I know it. No. I want you to actually take a pen and paper as I ask these questions, write your responses down. Question number one, write your response down. Question number two, write your response down. Now, as I explain the material, you can be able to compare uh, my explanation to your answer to make sure, uh, you know, to just uh, verify if you got the question right okay so if you're if you're driving right now again i recommend you probably don't want to listen to this when you're driving or you don't want to listen to it when you're doing something you want you want to listen to this when you're sitting down and you have the opportunity to write your answers down trust me this is a form of learning okay so let's start with question number one okay so question number one is what is RICS? Okay. Question number one is what is RICS? So in your own words, define RICS. Question number two, what are the two types of RICS and which one is insurable? Question number two, what are the two types of RICS? And which one is insurable? Question number three. What is a hazard? And what are the three types of hazards? Again, let me repeat that. Question number three. What is a hazard? And what are the three types of hazards? That's question number three. Question number four. What is peril? And give an example of a peril. Again, question number four. What is peril? And give an example of a peril. Question number five. What is loss? 
and gave an example. Question number five, what is loss? And gave an example. Question number six, what are the six list? Well, uh, question number six is list and explain the six, uh, no, the, the five methods of handling rigs. Okay. Again, so question number six, list and describe the five methods of handling rigs. Question number seven, what is the definition of insurance? Question number seven, what is the definition of insurance? Question number eight, what are the elements of insurable risks? Question number uh, eight, what are the elements of insurable risks? Question number nine, explain what is adverse selection? Question number nine, explain what is adverse selection? Question number 10, explain the law of large numbers. Question number 10, explain the law of large numbers. And question number 11, explain or define reinsurance. Question number 11, explain or define reinsurance. So we just asked, I, I just asked you 11 questions. Now, if you, you know, if I was going too fast, I, I try to go at a very slow speed, but if I was going too fast, you can rewind. No, um, you can rewind this and you no, know, and just make sure you get the questions. But I want you to write your answer to each of those questions. Don't just think about them, but I want you to actually take a pen and paper or a computer and write down what your answer is. Because trust me, if you can write it down, that's a form of learning. And when you write it down, even if you get it wrong, you're also learning. Okay? So now let's talk about RICS. As I said earlier, um, RICS is everywhere. Right? Life itself is a RICS. So what is RICS? What is the definition of RICS? Well, RICS, all you have to know about RICS is that RICS is the chance or potential of a loss. So anytime there is a potential of a loss, RICS exists. Okay, so RICS is just the potential or chance of a loss. For example, Life, as I said earlier, is risks, right? It's a risk because why? There's a potential of death, right? So life is a risk. Driving, you no, know, 
I'm assuming you drive, most people drive. We don't even think about this, but driving is a risk. Why? Because there is a potential of an accident, of a car crash, right? So driving is a risk. Flying uh, on an airplane, no. I, it's Memorial Day weekend, so a lot of people flew or drove or stuff, but flying on an airplane is a risk because why? There is a potential of a crash, right? So almost everything we do in life involves some kind of risk because there's potential of a loss. So anytime you have the potential of a loss, that is considered risk. Now, what is loss? Let's come here to the next thing here. What is loss? Loss is simply, and it is a very short definition, a reduction in financial value. That is it. Loss is a reduction in financial value of an asset or something. So, for example, uh, you are an asset to your family, right? So, God forbid, if you die, that's a uh, reduction in in you know, your family's asset, right? Because now that's a reduction in the family's income. So you have a two-parent household, God forbid, one of the parents um, dies, then that income disappears, right? Because now that is a reduction in financial value, right? Or in the value of an asset, right? So your death is... A loss right if you're driving your car and you're involved in an accident uh, now your car is total or your car is damaged you need to go and repair it right there that is a reduction in the financial value of an asset because your car is an asset right so now you have to go and spend money to repair your car that's a reduction in financial value right so insurance will cover that so insurance only covers something no can only cover uh, a loss or can no insurance can only cover something if there is a reduction in value right so if there is no reduction or there is no potential for reduction in value insurance is not going to cover it so now we, we have two terms down we know what is risks. Again, risks is just the potential or chance of a loss, right? We know what is loss. Loss is just a reduction in in value of an asset, but again, in financial value of an asset. So if you have your house and your house burns down, that's a reduction in an asset, right? Your house. So the insurance will uh, will you know, will cover that loss. No. They cannot replace your house, but you know, they won't get you the same exact house, but they can be able to give you money to rebuild you know, something similar or to uh, you know, or give you the money to do whatever you want. So insurance only covers um, losses or potential loss, and that loss must have no, uh, no, that loss is simply a reduction in financial value. So for example, if someone dies, insurance is not going to bring that person back to life, right? But they'll be able to cover the, um, you know, the financial um, loss 
that person's death represents, right? Because when that person is dead, uh, there's a financial hit to that family, so the insurance will cover that, okay? So know that loss is just a reduction in value, but to be more specific, it's a reduction in financial value of an asset. All right, so now we have risks and loss cover. Next thing for us to talk about, let's go back to risks. Now, you have two types of risks. You have pure risks and speculative risks. Again, pure and speculative risks. Now, speculative is where there is potential for, for gain. Okay, so anytime you have a risk where there's potential for gain in addition to potential to, for loss that's speculative think about speculative as gambling right yes you you can go to the casino you can gamble sometimes you win sometimes you lose well insurance will not cover such a loss right so anytime there's potential for a gain insurance will not cover um, that type of risk i'm sorry insurance will not cover that risk so for example if you want to go and gamble insurance will not cover that insurance will not cover um you trying to invest in the stock market why because investing in the stock market there's potential for gain in as much as there's potential for loss so insurance is not going to cover that so that's speculative so when you think about speculative Think about potential for both gain and loss, right? It can go either way. Now, pure rakes is the type of rakes that there is where there is um, no there is no potential for gain, right? So, if that rakes, uh, um, no, if that rakes were to materialize, then the only one result that can come out of it is a loss. So, for example, if you die, there is no gain from your death, right? If your house burns down, there is no gain from that, right? Uh, or if you get sick, there is no gain for that. So, insurance companies will cover such a risk. So, now, we know what is a risk, and we know the two types of risks. When you think about the two types of risks, just think about um, Aretha Franklin, one of her songs was, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, right? <laughs> uh, anyway, so you think about Rex, just think about that. Uh, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Um, so um, R is Rex, and then the two types are S and P, right? Speculative and pure. All right? So now we know what Rex is. We know that you have two types of Rex. You have speculative and pure. Speculative is where there's potential for gain. Um, in as you no know, as well as loss, but pure there's potential for only loss, and insurance covers only pure risks. That is something that may be on your exam. Okay, insurance covers only pure risks. Now they may not ask you um, what type of risks insurance covers, but it may come in a scenario-based question. Like it may come something similar to this: which type of risks does insurance cover? Um, then they may give you examples like um, uh, which, or they may ask you which of the following types of risks uh, will an insurance um, company cover? A, um, um, gambling um, at the um, um, casino, um, um, 
um, cover the risks of premature death, um, C, cover the risks of illness or sickness, D, cover the risks of disability. Well, you know that gambling, again, when you think about speculative, just think about gambling, there's potential for risks. So any type of risks where there's potential, uh, any type of risks where there's potential for gain is... Um, is speculative. So in that case, the correct answer um, would not be, I'm sorry, it would say which of the, no, all of the following um, breaks are covered by insurance except, right? So in that case, E would be the correct answer because insurance will not cover gambling, but insurance will cover sickness, um, no, um, no death, disability, all of those things, okay? So if they ask you a question about your risks, they're not going to ask you it straight, you know, directly, like, does insurance cover, uh, you know, what type of risks um, does insurance cover, uh, pure risks or, 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 um, or speculative. They're not going to ask you that. They're going to give you examples. So once you understand, and this, this is where understanding the material comes in, because once you understand it very well, no matter how the phrase uh, or word that question, you're going to get it right. All right. So now we know that. Now, let's come here to the next item on the list. Um, insurance companies measure their risks by something called exposure, right? So exposure is just simply, just, just think about exposure. You know, exposure. What What is the insurance company exposing themselves to, right? So, um so the companies, the insurance companies, risks, the risks they are taking is called exposure. And one of the ways to measure that is something called exposure units. All you have to know, I'm not going to get technical into you know, what is exposure units, but all you have to know is um, the insurance company's risks, um, no, it's called exposure, right? And that can be measured in millions or billions of dollars. For example, an insurance company has 1 million subscribers. So, so their exposure could be um, 200 million, right? Uh, that is the risk that they are taking. And one of the ways they use to measure that is, um, you know, or they, to, uh, yeah, to measure that is um, exposure units, okay? Now, let's come to hazard, the next thing on our list here, um, hazard. Now, hazards, Hazard is just something that increases the potential. Um, hazard is something that just increases risks. So a very good example, think about, as I said, like you're driving. Anytime you're driving, there's always potential for an accident, right? So, so um, driving, <coughs> excuse me, driving is a risk. Now, if you are speeding, let's say you are going 55 miles an hour in a, um, no, in a 20 mile an hour um, speed limit zone, that is a hazard, right? Uh, that is a hazard because that is increasing your chance of having an accident. Or, for example, uh, 
you know, we all know life as a self, not life by itself is a risk, right? Uh, there's always risks of premature death. Now, there are certain things you can do to increase that risk. For example, if you are eating junk food all the time, you're, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, you're eating junk food, you don't exercise, uh, all of that, guess what? That is increasing your risk of premature death because, you know, clogged arteries, diabetes, high blood pressure, you know, you name all these chronic diseases, most of them can be traced to poor diet and lack of exercise, right? So, yes, although everybody is, um, everybody is at risk of premature death, but there are certain things you can do to increase that, right? Uh, to increase that risk and by not, uh, you know, by, by eating junk food and not exercising, that can increase your risk of premature death, right? So eating junk food and, um, and not exercising can be uh, a hazard, again, a hazard is something that increases your, uh, your risks, okay? Another example, think about, you know, you're, you're in your house, um, you're cooking, right? So cooking itself is a risk because your house could catch on fire. Now you're cooking and you leave your food, you know, you leave the stove on, um, you know, and you have you have your pot on the fire uh, on the stove, and you leave it on and go upstairs in your room to watch TV. Duh. That what you just did, uh, is a hazard, right? Because now that increases your risk of a fire. So a hazard is just anything that increases your your risk. Okay, anything that increases risk. It's a hazard. Now, you have three types of hazards. And the mnemonic I like to use for this is just PMM. Okay? PMM. So, P stands for physical. You have physical risks. So, physical risks is something that you're actually doing. You know, you're doing something physically. For example, um, if you're not... Um, no, for example, if you're not wearing your seatbelt, um, no, or, or 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 for example, you're speeding, right? So you're actually doing something, no, uh, that's increasing your risks. So you have physical hazard things you're act, no, you're actively doing. Now, the the next one uh, is moral. When you think about moral, think about honesty, right? Um, dishonest uh, people. So, for example someone um, um, filing a false um, insurance claim is an example of a moral hazard, right? Uh, or someone um, lying on their insurance application, that's an example of a moral, M-O-R-A-L, moral hazard. So moral, when you think about it, just think about honesty. Uh, someone who is dishonest, uh, it's a moral hazard to the insurance company. Now, the other one you have is morale. M-O-R-A-L-E, morale. And when you think about morale, just think about carelessness. So, for example, um, the example I just gave where you're cooking 
and you left your pot on the stove and you went upstairs to your room to watch TV. Duh, you just increase your risk of a fire, right? So that, that could be an example of a morale hazard because it's carelessness. Uh, an example, another example of morale hazard, think about, you know, you, you know, you're driving and you, and, you, and you park your car in a shopping center, right? And you leave your wallet or your purse on the dashboard. Common sense will tell you <laughs> that if you leave your wallet or your purse on your car's dashboard in a shopping center, your car will probably be, uh, no, uh, someone will try to damage, no, someone will try to break in, you know, and, um, and steal your wallet or your purse, right? So that is an example of a morale hazard, carelessness. Now, your carelessness could lead to um, you know, a loss, which, you know, if someone damages your car, now that's a decrease in financial value, all right? So now we have that covered. So again, what is hazard? Hazard is anything that increases a risk. And what are the three types of hazard? All right, well, remember the mnemonic? PMM, so physical, moral, and morale. And what is RICS? All right, so RICS is just the potential or chance of a loss. And what are the two types of RICS? Remember Arita Franklin, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Okay, so the two types of risks are pure and speculative. What type of risks does insurance cover? Insurance covers pure risks only. What is speculative risks? Speculative risks is a risk where there's... Um, potential for both gain and loss. Give me an example of a speculative risk. An example of a speculative risk will be gambling. All right, now, what is a loss? A loss is simply a reduction in value of an asset. All right, now, what is a peril? Now, a peril is just the direct cause of a loss. So what, you know, what is directly causing that reduction in value of that asset? So for example, if you have your house and your house burns down, the peril will be the fire, right? Because the fire is, the, is what caused the loss. You know, um, it's what caused that reduction in financial value. If you're, um, if you're sick and you're in a hospital, um, what, is the, what is the peril? The peril will be the sickness. That is what's causing the loss. Now you cannot work. You're hospitalized. The insurance has to pay for that. Uh, if someone is driving 
um, and they're involved in an accident and, and the person dies in that accident. What is the peril? Well, the peril will be the accident because the accident is what led to the loss. Now, let's say if that person was speeding, well, you can identify a lot of things. Well, driving is a risk, but speeding is a hazard, right? We're speeding, and it's not just a hazard, but it's a physical hazard, and, and the peril will be the accident, and the loss will be, well, the person is dead, so the, the, you know, the family's uh, financial um, you know, value is decreased. All right, so I just went over these. Make sure, you know, if you didn't understand, because uh, I'm trying to speak as slowly as possible for you to be able to grasp this. And you no, know, if you're not understanding, you can always, you know, <laughs> you can always replay or, or you know, or uh, you can rewind, but you can play this as many times as possible. All right. So those are the general risk management terms. Now, what are the methods of handling risks? Again, as I said earlier, risks is all around us. No, there are some risks that we cannot eliminate. For example, the risks of death or premature death. We cannot eliminate that, right? Because we all know the only guarantee we have in this life is death. That is the only guarantee. You know, once you are born, you are guaranteed to die. Now, you know, we all hope that we are able to you know, live a very long and happy life, maybe <laughs> to our 90s or 100s. If I could live until even age 90, uh, I would be more than happy. You know, I want to live as long as possible, right? But, but nobody wants to die prematurely right that is just a fact no nobody wants to die prematurely so how do you handle risks but before we get there i just want to um say something here quickly i forgot to add that for those of you listening um the website is up and it's the same name as the podcast is pass your life and health insurance exam.com so you go there, we have a um, we have hundred questions. It's it's just seven dollars. Very, very cheap. Now, I'll just say that one, the hundred questions are not state specific, it's just for the general insurance portion. So so the good thing about that is um, no, that doesn't matter what, what state you are in, right? So you can be taking your California exam or your New York exam or your Texas exam. It doesn't matter because it's the general portion of your exam. Now, for most people, the general portion of your exam will be anywhere from uh, 65% of your exam to up to 90% of your exam. Like for New York, I think New York, the general portion of your exam for New York is 90%, right? 90% of your exam will be general portion and just 10% will be the uh, state regulations. Whereas for Washington, D.C., I think it's about between 30 to 35%. Washington, D.C., Texas, uh, Iowa, you know, those, those states, you know, the, you know, the state exam portion uh, uh, tends to take a little bit more you know, um, of the exam, right? 
So the general insurance questions is 100 questions with detailed explanations. Um, it's, it's like a PDF file, you know, you're going to get that. But it's very good with very detailed explanations, 100 questions for just seven bucks. Come on, guys. <laughs> seven dollars is, is, is less than the price of a Big Mac, you know, if you, if you eat fast food, right? <laughs> so I highly recommend that again. You can go to pass your life and health insurance exam.com. Um, I'll have the link in the description. You can check that out. Go again, it's just seven bucks. Go and purchase it. Trust me, it's going to help you a lot. Now, just to add something for those of you who want one on one um, tutorial. Because um, I've, I've helped some students pass the exam with, you know, you know, with one-on-one help. Now, I'll just be honest, the one-on-one -on -one help is going to cost you um, a little bit more money because uh, I'm spending that time I could spend with, let's say, 10 or, or, or 20 students. I'm spending it with just you and I'll customize the training to just... Uh, fit your needs. I will pretty much hold your hands and guide you. Think about that like a, you know, like a personal trainer, right? So you go to the gym. You have personal trainers. And you know, there, there are some people who need that hands-on approach. They need that one-on-one -on -one, um, help, right? So if you're that person, like one of the one of the guys I'm helping right now, he's in Washington State. He has filled his exam twice, and he just he listened to this podcast and he's like oh my god this is what i need can you please help me one-on-one -on -one? you know i don't want to be part of any group session or any boot camp i want one-on-one -on -one help right and, and i'm helping him you know one-on-one -on -one. he's scheduled to take his exam um, um sometime this month right so what i'm trying to say is if you're that kind of person who wants one-on-one -on -one help with me and i'll customize the training to fit your unique style of learning and we're going to organize it around your schedule if you want that contact me my number is 202-855-6294 again 202-855-6294 i'll have my phone number in the description so you can you know you can um, also Text me or call me if you want one-on-one -on -one help. But for the exam, uh, for the general insurance portion, again, it's 100 questions for just seven bucks. You can go to passyourlifeandhealthinsuranceexam.com and you can get that. Uh, you can get that free. Uh, no, not free. You can get it for seven bucks. All right. Now let's get back here to our methods. Of handling risks, as I said, we cannot uh, avoid every risk, or we cannot eliminate every risk. But there are certain things we can do. So, how do you handle risks? So, the mnemonic I use for this is called STAR. S T A R R STAR. Okay. So S T A R R STAR. Now. What does this mean? Okay, so S stands for sharing. So one of the methods that we use to um, 
um, handle wrecks is we can we can share our wrecks okay so we can share our wrecks now so uh, so an example of sharing you can have um, two or more persons uh, you know two or more persons they can get together uh, okay well no let's 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 try it this way so you have John and Mary right John and Mary say you know that I don't want to get insurance right but you know what um, both of us will will, will pull our resources together so um, let's let's agree that we're not going to get um, auto insurance because it's very expensive and you got to pay that every single month for pretty much the rest of your life right now no just just follow my example yeah i know in most states you are required to have other insurance it's not a choice but let's just say it was a choice right so so john and mary get together john say okay you know I, 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 john and mary say you know what we're not going to get insurance but if one of us are involved in an accident and our car needs any repair then um then the then the other person is going to provide 50 percent of whatever uh the cost of repair or replacement will be now we could even make that a little bit more realistic let's say you have four persons uh involved in this um um sharing you know um mechanism so now each of them can say okay if something happens to any one of us the other three the persons will all contribute 25% of the cost of repair or replacement of the vehicle. So let's say if your car is damaged and and to repair it is $10,000. Well, each of us, the other three, each of us will give you $2,005, $2,005, right? So that is an example of sharing. So that is one method people use to handle risks. They share the risks amongst each other. No, uh, you find this in a lot of immigrant communities. Well, I can I can speak for Africans. Uh, well, to be specific, West Africans. So we have this informal risk sharing system. Um, you know, back home in Africa, where if someone dies, all of the family members and friends get together. You know, um, collect money. It, it, it's a form of <laughs> uh, again, it's sharing risks, right? because most of those people don't have access to life insurance or cannot afford it. So they, they pool resources together in your community you know, to help take care of uh, funeral expenses and, and all of that and take care of the family, right? And then, and then if something happens to another person in the community, everybody else pools resources together, gives to that person just like that, right? So that is an example of um, sharing risks. Now, so we talk about S. T stands for transfer. So this time you're not sharing your risks. You're actually transferring your risks to someone else or to something. In this case, is um, insurance. Now, for test purposes, I, in my opinion, this will probably be the easiest question you're going to get on the exam. So you should definitely get this one <laughs> right there is no reason for you to get this wrong okay uh so 
so so on your on your exam you're going to see something like um what is insurance well it's very simple insurance is just a transfer of risks so on the exam they may say um uh, they may use transfer or, or transference it's all the same right but insurance is just a transfer of risks so in, instead of me sharing my risks with other people i say you know what i'm going to transfer my insurance uh, transfer my risks to an insurance company right so instead of sharing my uh let's say you no know, sharing my um you no know, my risks of premature death is instead of sharing that with, with family and friends i say you know what i'll pay trans america or i will pay the um, state state farm or uh, nationwide I'll, I'll pay them maybe you know fifty dollars a month and for fifty dollars a month they guarantee me okay maybe two hundred thousand or or three hundred thousand that god forbid if something happens um now they can be able to give that money to my family right so that is an example of transferring so i'm transferring that rakes to State Farm or to Nationwide or, uh, you know, or to whatever insurance company. So that's transfer. So for exam purposes, you have to know that insurance is just the transfer of risks. Very simple. Insurance is the transfer of risks. All right. Down the third uh, method of um, handling risks is avoidance. Well, if you cannot share the risks, and you cannot transfer the risks, then you seek to avoid it. As I said, there are certain risks we cannot avoid. You know, the risks of premature death. Uh, you can't really avoid that, <laughs> right? You can, you can do certain things to reduce it, but you really can eliminate or avoid it altogether. And this brings me to what's happening in america right now it's 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 very it's very sad um i'm, I'm sure most of you have or uh you've already heard about the shooting that occurred in um in texas uh a few days ago where um 19 children and and two teachers were you know, were gone down in your elementary school. I mean, you know, and, and, and well, it's, it's all related to what I'm saying, you know, about not being able to avoid risks. But it, it's just sad with the way things are going in, 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 this, um, in this country, where just everyday activity, like sending your child to school, or um, the kids, I think about less than two weeks ago, um in 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 buffalo new york where um a psychopath just took a gun and went you know to a store and just started shooting innocent people for no reason well uh i guess he wanted to kill some you know he wanted to kill some black people that day or take for example the case in texas where someone just feels like, eh, you know what? I just feel like killing. Uh, no, some. Uh, no, I feel like killing some kids today. So it's it's, it's very sad that um, 
with the way this whole mass shooting is going there is really nowhere safe you know you know your kids are not safe in school you don't feel safe i mean you can have some psychopath just pull up at a grocery store and just start shooting innocent people you know it can be at a movie theater it, i mean it can be in a church absolutely nowhere is safe nowhere is safe so it's 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 very very sad um and that's why you know I, i'm gonna get off my soapbox here a little bit you know that's why you know if you have kids you want to hug them every day tell them you love them you know your relatives friends because you never know the day that that could be your last time seeing that person with the way things are going nowhere feels safe and there is just something um i mean we can all disagree about whether someone you know whether people should have the right to own guns or not second amendment or not but can we all agree that the shooter in texas someone who I don't know how to put it. Like, how would someone, you know, what kind of person does say, no, what what kind of person just randomly for no reason just decides to shoot and kill innocent children for no reason? What kind of person does that? So can we all agree that someone like that should not have access to guns? Come on. Uh, if we can do that, if we can at least agree on that and do something together to come together as a country to make sure people like that, like the gunman in, uh, you know, in, in Texas and the other psychopath that killed those 10 innocent people in Buffalo, New York, if we cannot agree as a country like people like that, it doesn't matter whether you support the Second Amendment or not, whether you believe people should have guns. But if we can agree on just that simple fact that people like that do not and should not be able to get guns, then, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it's, um, it's sad. You know, we're just um, lost, you know, and there's, you know, and there's no way to recover from that. But anyway, uh, it is what it is. Um, let me get off my soapbox and let's get back here to Rex. So, so, so as I said, there's there, there are certain rigs you cannot avoid, right? Um, the, no, the example I gave right now, where those those parents who send their kids um, to that elementary school uh, a few days ago, did they expect their kids to get gone down? All those people who went grocery shopping in Buffalo, New York, I'm pretty sure they didn't expect you know, a, a stranger to just walk in and just start to gun them down, right? So when it comes to risks, there are certain risks that you cannot just avoid with the way things are going right now. You really can avoid the risks of premature death. I mean, you can eat right, you can exercise, but... To be honest, a huge part of it, if you're a spiritual 
person, you just leave it in the hands of God and just pray. Because uh, everyday routine activities that you and I do, whether it's going to the movie theater, going to church, going shopping, whatever it is, all of those now are just targets for mass shooters. No, it's, 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 it's sad, no? Um, you send your kids to school now, even schools are not safe anymore, right? So, so there are a lot of things you, uh, you cannot avoid. And sadly, when it comes to that premature death, yes, you can do certain things to avoid, but there, you know, there are certain things that you, you know, that are beyond your control, right? So, so for example, Another way, uh, another example of trying to avoid a risk is, let's say, um, you can say, you know what, um, I know driving is risky, and when it's raining, your chance of having an accident is higher than when it's not raining, right? So a, a way to reduce a risk, you could say, you know what, I'm not going to drive when it's raining, right? So that is, um, that's a step that you're taking uh, to reduce the risk. Or as I said, the, the risk of premature death from, uh, you know, from um, diseases and illness. You can choose to eat right and exercise. That is a form of, um, um, I'm, I'm sorry, that is not, um, that's an example of reduction not um, um, avoidance, right? But if you if you decide not to drive at night, now you're avoiding that risk um, there altogether, all right? Or you say, you know what, I'm not going to drive at all. Now you're reducing, uh, no, uh, no you're, you're avoiding that risk, um, no, that comes with driving. Right, so you could say, okay, I'm I'm never going to drive, but there are just certain risks you cannot avoid, and sadly, with the way things are going in this country, I mean, unless you choose to just keep yourself indoors and not go out, but um, I don't, yeah, uh, it's 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 very sad. I'm I'm kind of a little. Uh, loss of loss for words because I mean there's absolutely nowhere safe like you know you think things can get worse and almost every day you turn on the news there's some mass shooting like when will this end and it seems to just be getting worse and worse and worse but anyway um um so, so that's what it is. So avoidance, right? So sharing, transfer, avoidance. Now, the, the fourth method of um, um, handling risks is reduction. So you, you cannot, um, uh, if you cannot avoid the risks, there are certain things you can do to reduce the risks, right? So for example, if you, if you must drive, you can say, okay, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll always you know, drive according to the speed limit 
you know, I'm, I'm always going to put on my turn signal, uh, you know, when I'm changing lanes. So, the, you know, the, those are things that you're doing to, re, you know, you're actively taking steps to reduce your risks, right? Um, so, so, so you can share your risks, you can transfer, you can avoid risks, you can reduce risks. And the last option is risk retention. So what does uh, retention mean? Um, that's the last R. So retention just means you're self-insuring yourself, right? So, so you just agree, you know what, I'm not going to get insurance. I'm not sharing my risks. I'm not transferring. I'm not avoiding. I'm not reducing. I'll just keep it. So I will self-insure myself. If something happens to me, uh, for example, if my house burns down, I... I will shoulder you know, all the burden. I will rebuild it myself. If my car crashes, uh, I'm not going to get insurance. I will pay for it, right? So you're retaining the risks, right? So you're pretty much yourself um, insuring. You're insuring yourself. So let's review this again. And and I'm sorry, guys. The last few minutes, I, I, I kind of seem a little <laughs> off a little bit because uh, you know, when, I, when I talk about you no, know, this whole mass shooting thing is just getting worse and worse, you know, and, you know, and I just got a little emotional there, you know, because every time I think about those innocent people that didn't have to die, you know, and some psychopath just decided to, you know, it was the day he wanted to kill people and just went shooting people, you know, it just, it just gets me angry, you know, anyway, all right, so, um, so again, the methods of handling risks are um, not use the mnemonics STAR, S-T-A-R-R. -R. So S stands for sharing, T stands for transfer, A stands for avoidance, R stands for reduction, and, and the second R stands for retention. So there are, there are two R's in there. Now, what is the definition of insurance? The definition of insurance is the transfer of risks, okay? So anytime you're transferring your risks to um, a company or someone else, that is insurance. So always keep in mind, insurance is the transfer of risks. Now, what are the five methods of handling risks? Remember the mnemonic STAR, S-T-A-R-R. Okay, first method of handling risks is sharing. Second is transferring. A is avoidance. R is reduction. And the second R is retention. All right, so now we got that out of the way. Now let's talk about the elements of insurable risks. Now, insurance cannot just insure every risk. No, every risk that an insurance insures must um, have certain elements, right? So the six elements that an insurance company will look for in order to insure any risks, and again, you can use the mnemonic um, CAN-HAM, okay? The mnemonic is CAN-HAM, C as in Charlie, A, Apple, N, Nancy, H, Harry, a, Apple, and Michael, Ken Ham, 
Okay. So, um, C stands for calculable. What that means is the risks must be something that the insurance company can be able to calculate um, based on, for example, if it's life insurance based on your um, um, mortality table, uh, or if it's health insurance based on their morbidity table, they can be able to calculate that risk and be able to uh, price that risk, like uh, assign premiums to, okay, this risk, we can um, charge this amount of premium, but it has to be something that they can be able to calculate, right? That's the first element of insurable risk. The second element of insurable Rex is the Rex has to be affordable, right? Uh, what's the point of um, having insurance if no one can afford it, right? And you as an insurance agent, that's something you will have to get in the business of doing. You have to uh, give your your you have to give your clients, um, or you have to recommend insurance to your clients that your clients will be able to afford right so if your clients cannot afford it then it kind of defeats the purpose so the insurance must be affordable the third um, element of insurable risks is it has to be non-catastrophic what does this mean right so insurance companies cannot cover um, risks uh, no cannot cover events that will cause widespread losses to a large number of uh, insurers at the same time. So a, a good example of that is war. This is why 99.9% of insurance companies do not cover um, losses that, uh, that, you know, that are uh, um, direct results of a war, right? Because wars can kill thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands or millions of, you know, of people at once. Right, so so the loss cannot be so large where it says catastrophic. Think about something so big, so large that it puts the insurance companies out of business. Because if you got tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people filing claims, more than likely the insurance company is going to go bankrupt. So that's non-catastrophic. The fourth thing, the fourth element is the risk has to be homogeneous. What that means is the you know all of the risks that the insurance company is going to cover, right? Um, all those risks uh, have to be similar, okay? Um, similar in terms of the you know, the factors that affect the chance of that loss have to be similar, right? Now we come to uh, the fifth. Um, um, element of insurable risks, the risk has to be as accidental. Okay? Um, so if the risk is guaranteed to occur, right? If the if the if the if if a loss is certain, right, then it is not insurable. Right? If a loss is certain, it's not insurable. So the loss has to be accidental. Th this is why for example, in life insurance, 
they're going to say we're not going to cover um, death that's a cause of suicide within the first two years because suicide is not an accidental death. It's an intentional death. Someone sits down a plan, okay, I'm going to kill myself, right? So that is not accidental, right? So most insurance companies will not cover suicide that occurs within the first two years, right? So, so an element of insurable risk is the risk has to be accidental. It cannot be intentional. And, and, and the sixth element is that the risk has to be measurable, right? Uh, it has to be measurable, meaning that you, you, it has to be possible to estimate the loss in a dollar amount. So, for example, the insurance company can come to you and say, okay, you know what, uh, for this premium, no, based on your age and this premium, uh, we're going to give you, we're going to cover you for two hundred thousand dollars so god forbid if you die your family gets two hundred thousand so the insurance company is able to measure it they're able to put a dollar amount on it okay your life based on this premium we're going to um you know as value your life at two hundred thousand so if something dies to you know, happens to you your family gets two hundred thousand okay so those are the elements of insurable risks again what is um what are the elements of insurable risks the elements, there are six elements. The insurable risk has to be calculable. It has to be affordable. It has to be non-catastrophic. It has to be homogeneous, meaning it has to be the same. It has to be accidental, and it has to be measurable. The mnemonic, to make it easy for you, is CAN-HAM. C-A-N-H-A-M. CAN-HAM. That's the element of insurable risks. Now, we just got three more things to cover here quickly. Let's, um, but before we get to those ones, let me just add something here quickly also. So, so for those of you who um, don't have an insurance, um, no. So some of you don't don't have an insurance agency yet. No, you just want to get your license and you're still looking around. You're not sure which insurance agency to go with. Well, I just want to let you know. So um, I have a big business and I'm expanding a lot of states. Um, I'm licensing 24 states um, and I have business partners in um, in a lot of states. So. If you're interested, if you say, you know what, I'm not sure which insurance agency to go with. I don't know if I should go with uh, Prime America or PHP or American Income Life or this one. I, I don't know. Well, let me offer you, um, well, let me recommend you can, um, you know, you can call me. Again, my number is 202. 855-6294. Again, 202-855-6294. Call me and um, and maybe um, after the initial consultation, if I think you are the good you're a good fit to become a business partner, you can come and join my team and I can train you because uh, I'll bring all my 12 years of experience and I can be able to 
hold your hands and guide you in the uh, financial industry, like step by step, um, from you no know, from you no know, getting your first client to making your first phone call, every single thing along the way. I can be able to guide you and make sure that you succeed. So and I'm just putting it out there for some of you who you don't know exactly what agency you want to go with, well, you can come and join mine. And when you do the initial consultation, we can cover that a little bit more. So you have my number again, 202-855-6294. You can feel free to contact me. Okay? And we also have our boot camp. It's twice a month. So for those of you who want that one day, um, you know, training, but it's going to be in a group session. Uh, you want that. There's a link in the description. Again, you can click that link and you can um, um, fill out the survey and we're going to send you more information about the bootcamp. All right, so let's let's get back here. We're almost done. So let's talk about adverse selection. Pretty much, you don't need to know that much about adverse selection. Here's what you need to know about adverse selection. Just know that adverse selection is just a tendency for people who are at higher risks to want to get insurance and keep that insurance um, for a longer period of time than people who don't. You because know, think about it, most most people, if they're you know, if they're if they're healthy and nothing's happening to them, um, they don't <laughs> they don't they don't really care, right? I give you a quick example. So one of my clients. Um, no, he's a he's an older guy. Um, no, well, not my clients, but this is someone I try to talk to. His his order is I think sixty five, and if you don't know, again, all of you will someday, you know, maybe in the next few weeks, uh, become licensed. Uh, you become licensed financial professionals, right? So you you got to know that. People over the age of, uh, no, um, 70, right? If you're over the age of 70, you, I'm sorry, not 70. If you're over the age of 50, especially if you're a male, you have a one in three chance of experiencing chronic medical um, 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 problems, right? You need long-term care, so medical conditions. So... There could be, uh, you no, know, something where uh, you would need that uh, long-term care, you know, long-term medical care, right? Whether it's a heart attack or stroke or something. But if you're over the age of fifty, and especially if you're a male, you have a one in three chance. So I tell my clients who are over the age of fifty, yeah, you need life insurance, but you know what? Your chance of actually experiencing a chronic medical condition. Is higher than your chance of dying. So you should even get, uh, if you only have money to do one or the other, I would say get long-term care insurance first. So call long story short, um, I, 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 I talked to this guy. He, at that time, he was, I think, 60, 62 or something about getting long-term care with his financial analysis, everything. And he came up with all the reasons why he couldn't do it. Long story short, a uh, few years later, I just found out um, this year that he had a um, heart attack 
and um, and I guess he also had a stroke just separated by a few months apart and he's paralyzed and now he just called me uh, this was a few weeks ago he called me and hey um, remember we talked about getting long-term care now, insurance a few years ago, I said yes. Then he explained his situation. Oh, you know, I had a heart attack. I had a stroke, blah, blah, blah. Um, is there a way I could still qualify? The sad thing is, uh, most insurance companies will not accept him, right? So now I just gave you that as an example that when he was healthy, he was not interested in getting insurance, right? He was not interested in getting long-term insurance. But now that, uh, you know, he's at a higher, you know, well, he actually needs it, now he wants it. So the law of large numbers, you just have to know that is that people who are a higher risk of, um, you know, people who are higher risk, right? Uh, they're more likely to want to get insurance. And sometimes after they've, experience a loss, they're more likely to want to get insurance. Now, for insurance purposes, uh, insurance covers um, random you know, random people, right? Uh, the same breaks, but just randomly selected. Now, the insurance company is in the business to make money. Let's face it, uh, it's a business, right? If the insurance company has too many people filing claims, within a short period of time or together, then the insurance company goes bankrupt because the way the insurance company makes money is by having as few people as possible filing claims. So if you get people who are at high risks, then those people are more likely to experience a loss. So you don't want to have too many of those people as a percentage of your um, um, insured pool because now your exposure as the insurance company will be high. So now, you as the agent, you are the few underwriters. So for exam purposes, the producer is also referred to as the agent and is also referred to as the few underwriter, right? So you as the few underwriter, your primary responsibility is to the insurance company. No, you as the agent, your primary responsibility is to the insurance company. So. And so if you find, uh, you know, it's your responsibility to screen people. And this is one of the things you have to look out for, that high-risk people will be more than likely to want insurance than people who are not a high-risk. And the insurance company cannot have too many of those because they're more likely to experience um, huge financial losses if they, um, if they have too many of those people who are high-risk compared to um, not that many people who are low risk. So let's say if, if 70% of the people you insure are high risk and 30% are low risk, that is not good for you, you know, as the insurance company. So that is just what the law, um, no, uh, adverse selection, it's just it's adverse, right? Selection, the insurance company is selecting people to insure. So if they got people who are high risk, that is adverse, no, that is bad. That is detrimental to their uh, interest. Okay? So that's all you have to know about average selection. Average selection is just a tendency for people who are high risks to want insurance more than people who are low risks. And that is not good for the insurance company. 
All right. Uh, the other thing here, law of large numbers. What is the law of large numbers? The law of large numbers is just simply um, that um, just simply states that it, um, that the larger the pool of insured people, the more predictable the risks. So, for example, if you have um, ABC company, ABC company has um, one thousand people insured, right? And let's 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 uh, do um, J and J company. They have a million people insured. Well, based on the law of large numbers, J and J company will be uh, able to more accurately pre um, uh, predict. Um, you know, they'll be more, more, they'll be able to more accurately predict the risks than A and B company because A and B company, no, no, ABC company just has 1,000 people insured. So for the law of large numbers, all you got to know for that is very simple. The, the larger the, the pool of insureds, the more predictable the risks, all right, or, or, or the more uh, predictable the loss. So that is the law of large numbers. All right. Uh, now the last term we're gonna go over here is reinsurance. Now, what is reinsurance? Just, I mean, it's pretty um, self-explanatory, right? Insurance companies also get other insurance companies to um, to uh, you know, to insure them, right? So you may have, um, let's say you may have um, Geico um geico may be reinsured by let's say um i don't know uh let's just pick any no uh they may be reinsured by uh msn company right so now if if, if geico reaches a certain threshold of claims they could um uh, now they can have um MSN, no, or if they exceed a certain threshold for you no know, for claims, then they could have MSN company to that you no know, to cover them. So just think about reinsurance is another insurance company insuring another insurance company. So when when an insurance company insures another insurance company, it's called reinsurance because now I am just reinsuring you, right? So I get insurance from Geico. Geico is my insurance company, but now Geico goes and gets insurance from, let's say, State Farm, right? So in that case, State Farm would be the reinsurer because State Farm is insuring an insurance um, company. So anytime another insurance company insures an insurance um, company, is called a reinsurer, okay? So now, um, now just, um, so, so the so the company that accepts the risks, right? Uh, the, the 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 company that accepts the risks uh, is called. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Well, you know what? That is not something you have to know for your exam. That's no. That's going a little too deep. Uh, that's that's pretty much all you have to know about reinsurance because yeah i don't i don't want to give you more information than you need for your exam okay so now we've we've talked about general insurance concepts just risks in general so let's just 
do a quick rundown here. Um, again, I want you to pause. I've already explained this to see if you you understand this. Um, again, what is reinsurance? Again, try to write it down or answer, you know, just to test yourself to see if you really understand it. What, in your own words, what is reinsurance? Two, uh, second, explain the law of large numbers. Explain the law of large numbers. Next one, explain adverse selection. Explain adverse selection. Again, you can pause um, the recording and type your answer or, or write it down. Next question, list and explain the elements of insurable risks. List and explain the elements of insurable risks. Next question. What are the methods of handling risks? List and explain the methods of handling risks. List and explain the methods of handling risks. Next question. What is insurance? What is insurance? Next question. What is RICS? What is RICS? Next question. List and define the two types of RICS. List and define the two types of RICS. Next question. What is hazard? What is hazard? Next question. List and explain the three types of hazards. List and explain the three types of hazards. What is peril? What is peril? And give an example of peril. So what is peril? And give an example of peril. What is loss? And give an example of a loss. What is loss? And give an example of a loss. What is exposure? In your own words, explain what is exposure. Now, on your exam, you can expect, I can guarantee you at least one question um, on what I just covered. You can expect between one to three questions on your exam on that, okay? Again, there is no reason for you to get this wrong. This is, I mean, just general insurance in general. Uh, 
is the easiest part of your exam. I mean, there is no reason for you to score less than, um, you know, less than 90% in this session. So you want to do your best to really understand this. You can, the good thing about this is this is a podcast, right? So you can play this as many times as you like, five, six, seven times until you understand it. But this is about as easy as your exam is going to get. So please <laughs> do not score less than 90%. Now, if you, if you uh, do the boot camp or if you do the one-on-one training, uh, if, you, if you do the one-on-one training, then we can, you know, we can go over questions and questions and questions and questions and questions. So you have multiple uh, practice questions. Or again, remember to go to the website, pass your life and health insuranceexam.com pass your life and health insuranceexam.com and you can have access to our 100 questions uh for just seven dollars and you know I, I think we should have some general insurance questions uh, part of those 100 questions but it'll come with detailed explanations all right now uh if you guys have any questions if you want to contact me I have my email address also in the description is menzopass at menzopass.com. But the quickest um, way to get me is just text or call me. Again, my number is 202-855-6294. Again, 202-855-6294. Thank you very much for listening. I hope um, this episode uh, helps you to pass your exam. Um, Keep in mind that the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So uh, trust me, the insurance industry is a very lucrative industry, but only about 15% of people succeed in this industry. Uh, So I hope you can be part of the 15% that succeeds. Again, I'm here for you. If you have any questions, um, no, just just anything, no. Uh, even after you pass your exam, if you have any questions on how to get clients, uh, how to talk to clients, how sales techniques, all those things. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to contact me anytime. Stay blessed out there, guys, and please be safe. Um, with I will talk to you guys next time. Bye.